0: Jim Shoemaker, Jason Harrington, and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc., securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.
1: Helping you make the most of your money. It's time for Talk Money. Now, your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: Whether you're a baby boomer or a millennial, it doesn't seem to matter. Common concern is always money. Welcome to the program. Today, we're going to be answering your questions about... One question was about a 401k, about the midterm elections, and the effect of the market. And should I uh, be thinking about that, be concerned about what the midterm elections are going to do? The questions come from Sam Rick, right here in Memphis... And from across the river, uh, we're very glad that uh, Catherine's with us, and we thank you for that. So, here's the questions, and I just want to remind you that the questions are for you. We want to answer your questions and just send them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. That's talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. Also, the first half of the program, we're going to be talking about nine investment pitfalls. Now, that's a lot. But you need to avoid these, and we're going to talk about how you can avoid them and what to do. They're timeless tips for managing money. We put them together. We actually have got that for a PDF for you. We want to provide that for you. We know that accurately chasing the markets top and bottom is virtually impossible. And so, we have two people as guests today that are qualified to speak to these concerns. Welcome to the program, Scott Jordan and Jason Harrington.
3: Great to be here, Jim. Thank you, sir. All
2: right, guys, this is important because when we talk about questions that people send us, these questions, and I want to jump right into those first and foremost. Sam has said, and I, and I, I think it's a question that makes a lot of sense, and, and I can understand his kind of his anxiety. He says... I'm in my 401k at work. I've been there about two years. He's a younger guy. And he says, uh, you know, I want a return of 10%. I was doing great. I'm not doing well now. What do I need to know? Am I in the right fund? Now, we're not going to talk about what he was actually doing. But Scott, lean in with that guy. I mean, that's a great question. I understand what he's talking about. And I want are people listening today to understand that's a question we hear a lot.
3: Uh, we get questions like this from 401k participants a lot, and, and, I, and I really understand where they're coming from. Uh, you know, with the 401k at work, a lot of times you get enrolled in that, you don't fully understand what you're doing. You know you're saving for the future for the long time, but may not really understand the mechanics of how it works. And you hear things out there in the media and elsewhere, like, you know, the market averages 10% a year, so... You've been enrolled a year or two, and you're not getting that 10%, so you think that something is wrong. Uh, But the reality is, even though, yes, over the long term, the market has returned 10%, it's very cyclical. We go through periods like we're going through right now where the market, you know, over the last couple of years, because of the downturns, has not returned that 10%. And in reality, if you look at the stats, it's really quite staggering. If you look at the S&P 500 over the last 65 years, even though the average has been 10%, it has returned between 8% and 12% only six times in those 65 years. So it spends a lot of that time either way up above that average or below that average to to end up at that long-term average. So that can be frustrating for an investor to ride through that.
4: Yeah, I hope Sam's listening. We're going to talk a little bit about that in these nine pitfalls because it is, it is very common for you to look at, Uh, a statement you see on the news talking about a a a index that is performing at some certain rate of return and your investments don't quite match that index so you're wondering what's what's going on but that's one of the things we're going to cover later in the show okay
2: that's great i appreciate you mentioning that the second question that i think is very real and it's on a lot of people's mind does the midterm elections in november is that going to make a difference in the market? What should I anticipate? And and I think that's important because we hear a lot about that. I appreciate the question because I think it's on everybody's mind. I mean, you, you don't matter where you're listening, what noise you're going through, everybody's talking about November and the elections. What does it do to our investments? What does it do to the economy? Is Not, this a midterm election? Yeah, here? Almost a midterm election, that. yeah.
3: Um, you know, it's the market really doesn't like uncertainty, right? That's you're, you're looking at when you're investing in the market, when you're buying a company, you're basically investing in the future earnings or cash flows of that company. So the more uncertain those cash flows become, you know, and things like political policy can affect those those future cash flows. So the more uncertainty there, the more market the market does not unlike that. So if you look historically, the market has typically rebounded and done well after a midterm election, but we can see an increase in volatility leading up to that.
2: I was looking at a graph the other day, and I was thinking about, you know, this question that Rick was asking, and I I thought, you know, I appreciate his question, and I, you know, if we were on television, we'd show him the graph, (laughs) but that wouldn't work. I mean, maybe he could imagine, but if you look at it, on average, the third year of a president's term, as you just said, is a very positive year. Again, does not predict the future we're not predicting the future and past performance definitely doesn't predict the future absolutely all right so that's important i hope we've answered those questions send your questions to talk money at shoemaker we put today's program together the nine investment pitfalls because there's been a plethora of other questions that i think we're going to answer through these particular things that i think will help you understand so i'm going to start with you jason let's go right into the very first mistake that people make a pitfall something they need to stay away from what would you say is number one
4: well i think this is going to answer sam's question right off the bat you know the first thing is to believe that the market is and investing is this smooth ride
2: that's a mistake.
4: That is a mistake. Uh, I mean, by design, we want some bumpiness. I mean, you know, if you're especially uh, an investor like Sam is putting money in his 401k, you want there to be some uh, bumpiness. Now, what we don't like is to see what happened in February of 2020 when COVID was coming out and the market between February and March dropped almost 40%. Um now we have to play that forward, and we know this now. Looking back, that by the end of November, the market had fully recovered. But that's a that's not a bump. That's a that was a a roller coaster dive, uh, and that can get some people really uh, really anxious. But you need to prepare for that. You need to understand that if you're gonna be invested long term, you're gonna see some bumps and you're gonna see some some deep dives. But historically we've we've tend to smooth that out over time
2: and makes a lot of sense so mistake number one is believing that investing is uh, easy smooth it's a linear equation no emotions nothing it's It's, just it goes up all the time
4: it's not a linear line you know i think
2: that was a good answer for sam though because i think that's what what triggered his question is he thought he was doing well now he senses he's not and i appreciate his pain and i understand that scott what would you say was mistake number two
3: Mistake number two is trying to time the market. You, you get this a lot, especially when you're having a lot of this volatility and bumpiness. You know, it's natural for people to want to do something to avoid pain. So when, when they see their accounts dropping or they see, you know, their accounts experiencing a lot of volatility, they want to do something to try to stop that. And, and a lot of times it's you start to get that idea that, hey, I'll just pull my money out of the market now, Wait for all this craziness to go by and get back in when times feel a little more comfortable.
2: You you mentioned pain. Do we want to avoid pain? Absolutely. So, but don't we, are we creating pain by trying to time the market because all of a sudden you get out thinking you're getting out before it bottoms or whatever and you find out maybe it takes off? Well,
3: statistics would kinda of bear that out in, in what you see that the you know, the markets have done versus what the average investor gets. You know, Dunbar does a study every year kind of looking at what investors get in their returns versus what the market has returned and usually those timing mistakes cause long term pain. But, you know, the emotional feeling of watching your account go down and wanting to do something is real. So that that I think is the pain people are trying to avoid. So they're making short term decisions that could be putting their long-term goals in, in a bad way.
2: You know, I mentioned that in the monologue at the beginning, the idea behind accurately chasing the market's top and bottom. Is virtually impossible. It, I mean, it, you know, it, I mean, and we think we're doing the right thing, but we don't always do that. Well, you just
3: basically you introduce two more ways to be wrong, right? You got to get it. You got to get pick the right time to get out, and then you also got to pick the right time to get back in. And I've not seen anybody that can do that that successfully over, that,
4: over a long, a long period of time. Yeah, I'll give you a practical example to that. A BlackRock is a big investment company out there, and they just did a, a study that said if you put a hundred thousand dollars in the S and P five hundred In the year two thousand and just left it there by the end of the of twenty nineteen, that's ten years, invested years, it would have been three hundred and twenty four thousand dollars. Wow. Now, this I think is the interesting pitfall to avoid when you think about trying to time the market. If an investor missed just five of the best days in In ten years period. If they miss five year period. You know, a ten-year, uh, yeah, twenty-year 20 period. period. I'm sorry, a twenty-year period. If they miss just five days, they would have grown to two hundred and fourteen thousand. That's a over a hundred thousand dollar mistake. Wow! Just by missing five of the best days.
2: So, trying to time the market could be a big mistake. It I came. think that's good. Number two, that's three. Number two, number three. Let's go with you, Jason. Number three.
4: Yeah, I think this might, uh, might of help sam out uh, as well i mean one of the things is just to make sure that your risk and your asset allocation matches uh, your personality i mean and you do see this happen frequently in 401k scott mentioned that when you are enrolling in your 401k there's this pressure and time of filling out all these documents and selecting your investment lineup right there in the moment in front of your hr person and you're reading through this and trying to figure out, you just maybe select your four oh one K the way my wife uh, selects her March Madness bracket. You know, you just you like the name of it or you like the, you know, the color of the logo and you just pick that. And then come to find out the the risk and and your allocations are are not aligned. But you should go through a process of, of figuring out what your risk tolerance is and does this fund match your risk tolerance
2: Boy, you mentioned husband and wife sometimes if it's a joint account they don't always agree so that's very very important if you just tuned in my guest jason harrington and scott jordan we're talking about pitfalls mistakes. These are timeless tips Tips when we talk about managing money, things that you just need to be aware of and be careful not to do. Coming up in the second half of the hour, we have the Memphis Leadership Foundation people here. I mean, the guys that make the decisions, Larry Lloyd, he is uh, the CEO of Memphis Leadership Foundation, and Anthony Branch is the president and COO, and they've got news. They're going to tell you what's going on in Memphis they, uh, they love this city, and they've had a great success in improving our way of living in this city with ministry and what they do in the city, so you don't want to miss the second half of the program. Let's go to mistake number four. Let's go with you, Scott. I think mistake number four would be taking too little
3: risk. Um, you know, I always say investors really fail or have problems for three reasons. They have, they have unrealistic expectations. We talked about that earlier. They don't understand that the ride's not going to be smooth. Uh, they, they lack guiding principles to manage their investment strategy and they operate without a plan. So part of that plan is trying to figure out, okay, what are we trying to accomplish and what kind of returns do we, do we need to accomplish to hit those goals? You
2: know, we talk about this a lot of times. When you don't fully comprehend or understand or you're not comfortable, we're frozen we just don't do anything and i think one of the things that we're responsible for with any investor is is answering the questions and helping them become comfortable if i've never been in the water before and all of a sudden you say jump in the water I hesitate. A little, scary. I, a little scary. Very, you know, yeah. I can remember I used to coach swimming and I used to teach kids how to swim. And if they, you know, you'd have to almost get them over in the shallow end and walk them gently. And that's our job when it comes to investing is walking them gently into the world if of you investing.
4: If you don't know what's around the corner... It's tough. It, it's even if something really good is around the corner, it's hard to it's hard to walk around that corner.
2: And you always hear the horror stories, not not the things that are good. That's right. And that's normal. And Number then, five, I mean, making emotional investment decisions. Guys, I'll go with either one of you. you know, Joseph Jason, that's a that's a one that we see all the time.
4: Yeah, there's a, there's this notion out there about behavioral finance and that's kind of a, a fancy word that I think I remember hearing maybe uh, 15 years ago when, when some of the markets were doing kind of what they're doing today. Um, and, you know, just helping understand that not to let your emotions guide you because people will emotionally get out of the market based on fear. Uh, they'll try to chase the market based on greed and, and really it's, it's, it's a balance of, uh, understanding that as, as Scott said, you have a plan. You have a strategy. One of the best ways to eliminate some of those emotional responses is, A, have a financial advisor working with you, but to, two, have a, an end goal, have a destination for your money uh, and understand that, you know, these things are going to happen and, you know, the, the market does recover and long-term investing tends to fare better than short-term em- emotional responses
2: okay that i think those short-term emotional responses have it that's the noise scott that we talk about a lot mm-hmm. the noise that the media is throwing out and again that's to get your eyeballs back and keep you but it, it really does create a tremendous amount of anxiety especially during this time i mean we just recently i mean this this week we found out that inflation is now up to 9.1 percent And the market, the moment it was announced on Wednesday, the market had been moving up and growing, and all of a sudden you announced it, boom, down it goes. That's that emotion.
3: It is, it is. And in the the 24-hour news cycle, and we're carrying these computers around with us, it's hard to avoid all that information just getting thrown at you, and it can send you into a whirlwind. We always say emotions are the enemy of any good investment strategy, but it's hard not to fall prey to those again, in that 24 hour news cycle that we have to live with.
2: And I appreciate what you said a few minutes ago when you talk about even taking too little risk. If you've got a good strategy, a good plan, this can keep those emotions in check. And that makes a lot of sense for me. Let's go with number six, failing to diversify. Now, let me say this before you get into that, Scott. Diversification does not guarantee or, you know, nobody can say to you, well, if you diversify, you're not going to lose money. We know that's not the case. So I hope if you're listening, you need to know just because you are diversifying does not mean that you're not going to have times in the market that the volatility's there and you have a period of time that it may show a negative return. But diversification is important.
3: It is. It's another one of those guiding principles that w- that we live by. You know, we talked about asset allocation a little bit, how much am I going to have in stocks, how much am I going to have in bonds, how much am I going to have in cash, and that is all based on what I'm trying to accomplish, my risk tolerance, time horizon. But it's also important that among those asset classes that we are diversifying, that we're identifying those you know, I know the way we do it is we identify good third-party managers that that fit a piece in our portfolio, in our allocation, that have a history of producing the t- kind of returns we're looking for out of that. Uh, and this is just a principle. I always go back, you know, I go back to the Bible and look at the wisdom and say, you know, Ecclesiastes tells us, you know, and I'll, I'll read this. This is out of the NIV version. It says, ship your grain across the sea. After many days, you may receive a return. Invest in seven ventures, yes, in eight, for you do not know what disaster may come across the land. So, I love it. That's beautiful. You know, yeah. that's just saying in that uncertainty, we talked about that uncertainty. In that uncertainty, we don't know the future. So we want to spread our money out among a lot of different. Strategies, a lot of different managers because we don't know the future.
2: Well, we lose that principle a lot. You know that. And the seven thought process there is, of course, the perfect number. And the reality, and we do a lot of that when you look at our portfolios, mm-hmm. managed around seven things to be diversified, seven different categories. Now, we talk about something called mm-hmm. cross-correlation. You know, is that? Can you help me with that, Scott? What does the cross correlation mean? Because well, I've that, heard that, and I think people ask that question.
3: So that you know, that goes back to that portfolio design where you are trying to pick investments that aren't going to move in the same direction at the same time. So you know, you you may you know a good example is you are going to mix a little bit of stocks and bonds, and and hopefully, if the if the stocks are are not doing well, maybe the bonds are doing well, or vice versa, maybe. The economy's overheated, the stocks are doing great, and and maybe the bonds are not performing so well. Now, right now, we're in one of those weird times where both asset classes are kind of getting hit pretty hard. But in general, that works. You know, you're putting together assets that don't move in the same direction at the same time in order to kind of smooth out that ride a little bit. Now, again, it's a risk management technique. It doesn't necessarily protect against loss, but it is one of those principles that will help you stay invested and keep those emotions in check
2: i appreciate you saying that bonds and stocks seem to have both begin you know not collapse but they're both down during this period this first six months of the year and the reality is maybe we need to do a program about that and because I think people are wondering why they've heard the idea behind diversification stocks, bonds, cash, the whole mindset. And yet we see that. We saw that again earlier in 07 and 08. And we said, well, it's the first time we've ever seen this. Now, here we are over 10 years later. And guess what? It's beginning to be seeing again. I, I want to do that. So if you just tuned in again, my guests, Jason Harrington and Scott Jordan, we're talking about nine investment pitfalls. We have covered these pitfalls. We're through number six. We're going to go seven in just a second, but stick with us on the second half of the program because I have Larry Lloyd and Anthony Branch from the Memphis Leadership Foundation, and you want to find out what's going on in our great city. All right, let's go on with number seven, Jason. And number seven, focusing more on returns than managing risk. I got people I know that's what they think about.
4: Oh, yes. This is This is number seven, but it probably ranks up there uh, pretty high on one of the mistakes that you can make is, yes, we should learn from the past, uh, but, you know, a lot of times when you're looking at, I want to, you know, get the good return, we use historical data to determine, well, this made 12% last year. Let's go get in that. And one of the things that you can absolutely say for certainty is that if you have followed a particular fund for two or three years that has done really well, the one thing you can say for absolute certainty is that you should have gotten it three years ago. Uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because, uh, you know, there's many, every single year we run a report in our office to help illustrate this to our clients that the thing that was number one last year can very well be in last place the following year
2: this year right
4: uh and so the the unpredictability of that uh, just based on this cyclical nature of the market that scott made reference to earlier uh in the show uh just lends to don't chase the return have a well-balanced, diversified portfolio. All
2: right. I want to come back and talk some more about that. That's a that's a huge statement. So if you just tuned in again, I've got Jason Harrington, Scott Jordan. We've got two more of those tips, and you don't want to miss them. I mean, they're very, very important. And coming up after that, we've got, again, people that you just need to know. You know, they're great people. Larry Lloyd and Anthony Branch from the Memphis Leader Found- Leadership Foundation. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a second. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money.
0: This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or recommendation. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested.
1: Helping you make the most of your money. Talk money with Jim Shoemaker on News Talk 98.9.
0: The S&P is an unmanaged index of 500 large cap stocks. Investors cannot invest in an index. Neither Shoemaker Financial nor Securian Financial Services are affiliated with Larry Lloyd, Anthony Branch, or Memphis Leadership Foundation. The views and opinions expressed are those of Larry Lloyd and Anthony Branch only and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Securian Financial Services, Inc. or Shoemaker Financial.
1: Helping you make the most of your money. It's time for Talk Money. Now, your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Of course, you're listening to Talk Money. We thank you so much for joining us this morning. Nine Investment Pitfalls Timeless Tips When Managing Money. That's what we're talking about. My guests, Scott Jordan and Jason Harrington. And I want to remind you if you would like a copy, a PDF copy of this nine investment pitfalls, all you have to do is go to our Facebook page. Look it up, search for it, and you can download it. It's absolutely free. That's nine investment pitfalls. Go to the Shoemaker Financial Advisors Facebook page and just We just want you to have it. We want you to know that it's available for you to go back and review. Also, you can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Subscribe to the podcast. And we'd appreciate it if you'd leave us a review. We just want to know what you want us to be reporting to you. This is all about a financial program designed with you in mind. We answer your questions. And again, I'll remind you if you've got a question for us, then talk money at shoemakerfinancial.com. That's talk money at shoemakerfinancial.com. Let's go. I see. I started to say Scott, but I think I've got it set up to do with you, Scott. It is you. So you're going to deal with this number eight ignoring the impact of taxes. Yeah, I think this
3: is this is an important one, but I, I you know, I always put the kind of caveat before that that we never let the tax tail wag the investment dog, right? But um, in reality, you know, you do have to look at the impact of taxes because the after-tax returns are really what matters. That's the money that comes in your pocket.
2: You know, we just had that question. We were I was dealing with someone. We were trying to go through some process, and I. I, we were talking about they needed to do something else and they had called, somebody had referred them to and said, hey, we we'll just go and ask Jim what you think. And it, they kept going back to the tax question. And right. I mean, that's a big deal. It was literally wagging, the to- the tail was wagging the dog in that scenario. And that, and that's why I always bring
3: that up because some people get so focused on that that they, they almost, uh, you know, kind of are detrimental to their own investment strategies because they're so worried about taxes. But it is a factor that you have to plan for And asset location can be very important. You know, there's different, we always look at different buckets you can have money in and, you know, preparing for retirement's a good example. You want to get there with some different buckets. There's some different investments with different tax treatments so that, you know, maybe you have some in a traditional like 401k or IRA, some in a Roth IRA, some maybe in an after tax uh, investment account so that you can do some better tax planning in retirement for how you're taking that income off those assets.
2: That's a great point. So avoiding impact of taxes. Now, all right let me go over all eight we've covered and then jason i want to get with you and you're going to summarize and tell us what number nine is number one believing investing is a smooth ride you guys really covered that well thank you so much trying to time the market just knowing when the top and the bottom that's very difficult risk and asset management taking too little risk those tied into having a plan that that made a lot of sense making emotional investment decisions Bottom line is just cut the TV off, turn the noise off, put your computer down, whatever. And failing to diversify. We're saying don't always make a guarantee that it's going to make a difference as far as overall in your portfolio. But as far as your return, you still could lose money. But in the long haul, in the long side of a plan, diversification is extremely, it's a biblical principle and it's extremely important. And number seven, focusing more on returns and managing risk. And as Scott just shared with us, number eight, ignoring the impact of taxes. But here we go. Drum roll. What's number nine?
4: One of the, the biggest mistakes would be to avoid uh, professional advice. Um, Long term investing is not just about selecting, you know, a mutual fund uh, and just gripping on and letting it ride. I mean, to have a good uh, a good successful investment strategy re- requires position your assets. And considering your time horizon, your goals, tax implications, cost, any type of philanthropic goal that you may have, uh, the behavioral side of investing, when do I just close my eyes and and understand that it's going to be bumpy? Uh, What are your future income needs? How do I diversify not only across different asset classes, but within those asset classes in different companies and different types of companies? Uh, all of that is is the deep dive into your long range investment plan that is difficult. It, it's confusing, and it can be a daunting task for an individual to try to calculate all of those things together.
3: I totally agree, and I think what you know when people start to think about that, they they wonder can they profit from investment advice because it does cost to get investment advice. All advice has a has a fee associated with it, so. Is working with a professional going to lead to a more successful outcome for me? And I think for a lot of people that's true. Now, there's always exceptions. There's people that can do it on their own. I think for most people, having somebody to help you walk through these stages, having somebody to hold your hand when those times get tough can be well worth any cost that might be associated with that.
2: You know, I, I think going back to my analogy or the, or the kind of the thought process of swimming, and, you know, I can remember some people said, "I'll just throw the kid in the water; and didn't swim." That's not—that's you know. the way I learned. My went the bottom. I did try that, so, but I had one go straight to the bottom. So you was, have a, D, you know, you're a DIY swimmer, right? Yeah, not it. by choice. But I think a lot of people need to understand just the guidance. Just keeps you from making some of these mistakes that we're talking about. If you we know studies show that when a person is investing with an advisor, we know that the returns are, are normally usually better. Now there's exceptions to every rule, but we encourage you to look at these again, just letting you know that you can go to our Facebook page, Shoemaker Financial Advisors, nine investment pitfalls, about literally some tips when managing your money. Guys did a great job. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. All right. Let me turn the page. We are privileged to have in the studios with us Larry Lloyd, CEO of Memphis Leadership Foundation, and Anthony Branch, also president and COO, and I'm going to lean in with Larry. Larry, you were the founder of Memphis Leadership Foundation, and as well as the Christian Community Foundation of Memphis. And now you've got some changes but to me literally about Memphis Leader Foundation Leadership Foundation and the history
5: yeah so we started it in 1986 87 and with the uh, with the goal of loving our city well uh, we're a Christian organization and uh, we do basically three things in a, in a general sense we uh, we create new initiatives and we've created about 30 of those many of those, uh, Initiatives, you know, as streets, Memphis Athletic Ministries, Christ Community Health Services. Uh, so we've done, we've created about 30 different nonprofits, uh, new initiatives over, the, uh, over these years. Uh, secondly, we, um, we uh, build the capacity of urban leaders. We do a lot of training, coaching, mentoring uh, of leaders, uh, probably last count about 300 leaders uh, across the city uh, doing work among the marginalized uh, people groups in our city and neighborhoods. Uh, and then the third thing we uh, we engage people of, of faith and goodwill. Uh, so we work with government, we work with the police, we work with uh, business, we work with churches, uh, and people of other faiths, uh, as long as they uh, are coming together to love our city well. So we've been at this since 1987. So it's been a good ride, and uh, I've uh, I've done uh, been at the helm of this for a number of years.
2: Yeah, not a number of years. You're a young man, but. Um... Bottom line is you have a lot of experience. Let's talk about it that way. A lot of experience, a lot of knowledge.
5: Well, I I hope so. I've learned a few things <laughs> over the yeah. years.
2: You know, let me repeat this because I, you know, when I think of what you have touched and God has blessed you in so many ways, and God has used you in our city from thirty initiatives, ministries. Now, we, you use the term in, in, initiatives, but the reality is, this is our your people that you're 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 birthing them. You're starting out well with the leadership. You're giving them the the idea. They're working with them. They want to be part, and you're helping them get started. Then you're training them. And you're affecting, you said, people through their faith and goodwill citywide. I mean, Larry Lloyd is a name that a lot of people know because of the impact that you've had in the urban universe that you work with a lot. And uh, what would you say today? Now I don't want to put you on the spot, but if you had to say, okay, I'm looking back, one, two, three, most rewarding accomplishments of Larry Lloyd.
5: Well, I think the most rewarding was when we created the Urban Youth Initiative. Uh, we trained over 250 youth workers, uh, gang members who had come to faith, who wanted to go back into their community and steer kids in a, in a different direction. Uh, that would be one of our, uh, I'm very proud of. The other is uh, For the Kingdom Camp and Retreat Center at right here in Memphis in the Raleigh area, 100 acres for summer camp for inner city kids. Uh, it's a wonderful, uh, uh, just a beautiful facility, uh, and I think the third that uh, I'm most proud of would probably be the uh, we started the Christian Community Foundation in 1997, um, and, and you know in, in the 90s as the, as these folks know you know people were waking up in the morning making money right <laughs> so, exactly, uh, yeah. and uh, so we we uh, began to help donors figure out how to give more strategically, so we created the Christian Community Foundation which now manages about 600 million dollars in donor advised funds and getting very close to having given away now a billion dollars and most of that money stays right here in memphis That's uh, amazing. That's so great. it's been a, a very rewarding experience
2: you know we've known each other a long time and the reality is uh, you know i have no question that you love our city and you have committed your life to our city anthony you have got a role anthony branch welcome to the program sir
6: well it's good to be here.
2: I mean, you've got a role partner that uh, you have been now the the COO and president of the Memphis Leader Foundation, Leadership Foundation, but right here on the air we're going to talk about what's going to go on in your life over the next few months or already beginning to happen. I mean, this is an announcement. Let's just make it public. What's going on?
6: Well, I've been uh, promoted to the uh, CEO of Memphis Leadership How about Foundation. chained
2: or whatever? That's a big job. <laughs> I mean, it, you realize who you're following here, man. What a, what, this is an icon, and you've got the responsibility. But I know this, having talked to him, you are more than capable.
6: Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited about it. I've been on board since 2015 and started as vice president, then moved to COO, then president and COO. So now as CEO and I've learned a lot, um, I have come, I came through the Urban Youth Initiative, as uh, Larry spoke of years ago, and did some things with that and, and left and did some other things when he got my MBA, uh, school leader, uh, when he became a school leader, and then I came back. And it's good to be back because I know the impact that Memphis Leadership Foundation has made over the years and the impact that we will make in the future. So I'm just excited about um, what we will do and the, the, the new things that we will conquer in the future because we're in a, a, a new place now as opposed to two years ago prior to the pandemic.
2: You know, when you talk about a new place, I mean, you, I mean, this Memphis Leadership Foundation is so critical to our city. And I know the awesome responsibility that you're looking at. What do you see is what you've got as far as what have you been equipped? I mean, I believe this 100%. If God's called you to do something, which I know that you're equipped to do that. God calls you, God equips you. Larry and I have talked about that. So what do you see now is this new role is going to be your biggest challenge?
6: Probably the biggest challenge is um, uh, individuals getting used to uh, coming out of this this pandemic. uh, uh Many of us are still afraid to come out. Many of us are still afraid to have meetings face-to-face, uh, even uh, having meetings with donors face-to-face. It, it becomes a challenge. But one of the things we want to make sure that we are innovative in using technology to begin to do some training, to begin to talk to individuals across the city, even across uh, in other countries as well as in our uh, other states, because we are part of a leadership foundations, which is a global network. And uh, we want to make sure that we speak to those individuals in those other organizations to see what they're doing and to see what we can do here in the city of Memphis.
2: I appreciate you talking about that. I want to talk to Larry about the Leadership Foundation in a few minutes, but the reality is, let me ask you this. you, I can sense it in your voice. I can definitely see it in your face. You're excited about this new role, and it shows. Tell me what's what excites you the most.
6: What excites me the most is the fact that um, we have grown so much over the last 30 years, and we've done so many things, but we're saying, what's next? And we're kind of on tiptoes wondering what is it that we're going to do next? Yeah. One of the uh, uh, great adventures that we I, I call it an adventure because there are uh, ebbs and flows in uh, what we' are providing. We're providing um, back office services, what I what I am changing to essential support services because these are essential services for other nonprofits in the city. We are looking at marketing uh, plans for uh, venturing out so that other nonprofits understand what we do so that we can continue to grow this because we want to provide this service so that uh, other nonprofits can focus on the work that they are called to do. And we can handle all of the, the benefits, all of the payroll, all of the accounting.
2: Oh, that's, I mean, that is such a need. you got a guy that somebody says, okay, or, you know, young lady or whatever, and I know I've worked with some of them, and the reality is they've got a calling, and yet oh, man, I didn't go to college to become an MBA. I went to college to be a Christian minister or something like that. And I don't understand the books. I don't understand the finances. You're actually providing that service. Now, listen, Memphis, this is a service that can take someone and move them in and equip them immediately to do what God's called them to do.
6: That is correct, because we want to make sure that we take that, that worry away from those uh, organizations so that we can provide the best uh, service at an at a, at a excellent fee. Uh, because we want to make sure that they are providing what they need to provide for the city of Memphis while we take care of the things that, uh, that they probably worry about but don't have to worry about because we are equipped to do just that.
2: All right. I, I am so impressed with you and so much appreciate you being here with me today. And I, I think that we'll definitely have you back on the program many, many times. But I got to lean to my friend over here. All right. Appreciate Because it. he's kind of a guy that I, I have such an admiration for. And, Larry, this, uh, you know, Anthony is a, is a mover and a shaker and a guy that I'm very comfortable with, with what's going on with the Leadership Foundation. But what about the... Um, This organization that you're going to, you're not retiring. I need everybody to understand that. He's not retiring. This is a big, big deal you're moving to.
5: Yeah, so Leadership Foundation is our global network, of which Memphis Leadership Foundation is the largest uh, in the world. But we're in India, Africa, Central America, uh, all all across the United States, Philadelphia, Dallas, uh, Lexington, Kentucky, Knoxville, Tennessee, New York City, Los Angeles. I'll be in Los Angeles uh, this week. It, uh, with our leadership foundation there. So there are uh, about 55 leadership foundations around the world, and I've been asked to be the pr- uh, president of our global association. So uh, it's uh, uh, and all, all our leadership foundations do those same three things, build the capacity of urban leaders, create new initiatives, and bring people of faith and goodwill together to love the city. So we have a leadership foundation, for instance, in Delhi, you know, a small city of 26 million people. Uh, Abhishek Giri is our president there, and what they're doing there is absolutely amazing when it comes to intervening in sex trafficking. It's a huge problem in our country. We we do that here in Memphis with Restore Corps, which is a ministry of Memphis Leadership Foundation. Uh, you know, basically uh, giving inter, intervening where where young people uh, and and older women and men are being trafficked for for sexual uh, activity. So what Abhishek is doing in uh, Delhi uh, is incredible. And what, uh, what Gideon's doing in Nairobi, Kenya, incredible work in the slum called Kabir or Kibra, where they're building basketball courts uh, in, in, these, in the slums uh, to, give, to give kids an alternative to just hanging out, you know, with no good thing to do. So I started that role uh, in uh, April, uh, and we made the transition with Anthony in in May. So that's what I am going to be doing for the next few years.
2: Well, yeah, next, I mean, that, I, I sense that you'll be doing it when you are ninety, partner. So, well, that's, I, mean, God, I
5: don't know if people want me doing it when I am ninety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: you'll be sharp as a tack. Now, let me let's let's tie this together, Anthony. From your role and you look at this, I mean, our city needs what you guys do. I mean, you're never without a need. I mean, there's always going to be somebody you can serve. Tell me and describe to me, I listen to you, you're excited, I can sense that. What's your heart say that our city needs?
6: Um, Our city needs love. Our city needs support. Our city needs um, caring individuals that care about them and what happens to them. So making sure that we meet people where they are to help them to get to where they need to be. And providing that support along the way that's exactly what my heart says for the city of memphis
2: i love it that's uh that's so powerful and i and i so much appreciate the fact that the you can sense it in the room that god's all over this that you guys are really leaning towards the city, looking for places, looking for places that need to be ministered. Absolutely. And you're not just saying, okay, we've had a great long legacy. Larry's done a phenomenal job. I'll just maintain it. No, I already sensed in just hearing you, this is not about maintenance. Help our listeners, help our people that are the guy that's driving. I'm talking to you right now. Listen to me. What do you feel like you can do for this ministry as Anthony tells us? What's the need?
6: What I can do is provide um, uh, great leadership, leadership that speaks to the heart of the individuals of the city, speaks to the heart of what Leadership Foundations is all about, to make sure that uh, Memphis Leadership Foundations continues to grow, not only for uh, we've been in Operation for for 30 years, but continue to carry out the mission of equipping and empowering Grassroots leaders in our city.
2: Wow, 30 initiatives. They train people. It's people, faith, and goodwill. Thank you so much, sir, thank for you. being here. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate you, man. All right. I want to thank my guests, Jason Harrington, Scott Jordan, Larry Lord, and Anthony Branch. And if you have questions for Larry or Anthony, let me give you the telephone number, 729 2931. It's 901 729 2931. If you have questions for Jason or Scott about the nine investment pitfalls, don't hesitate to call them 901-757-5757. Remind you go to the Shoemaker Facebook page. You can pick up the PDF about nine investment pitfalls. You can find our show also, Talk Money, on any Apple podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. We'd appreciate it. Next week. Rusty Leonard, Stewardship Partners. He's going to give us a full update on the economy. What does it mean to have a 9.1% inflation rate? Scott will be back with us, and he always does a great job talking with Rusty. We'll stay with that. And also, Sarah Foster of Bankrate.com. She's an analyst, and she's going to talk about a subject called Women Are More Likely to Feel Stressed About Their Finances than men. That is so critical. You don't want to miss that. That's Saturday mornings at seven and Sunday at 12 noon. If you have questions, remind you, send them to talk money at shoemakerfinancial.com. Thank you so much for listening. We're here every week helping you make the most of your money. I want to thank my producer, Tyler Springs, our guest and content coordinator, Francis Fortner, production assistant, Lauren Norsworthy, and our compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money.
0: Jim Shoemaker, Jason Harrington, and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc., securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.
1: Helping you make the most of your money. This has been Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker on News Talk 98.9.